0: everyone, welcome to another edition of the Brief Talk Podcast. I'll see if I can get it right this time. Uh, I got a little ahead of myself, and you know that never works out well. But this is the start of a new series we're doing. It was Mr. Stevie's idea to do a series of history podcasts about underwear, where different styles came from and whatnot. It's a tongue twister for me, I know, but I'm not starting over again, so we're just going with it, people. So this is his idea, and it's something I've wanted to do for a while. So when he said, let's do this, I said, yes, yes, we will do that. And the first thing we're going to do is the strap, which has a very interesting here history. And uh, I'm going to let Mr. Stevie kick it off. But before we do that, we're still looking to reach our goal on Patreon. So far, we have, I'm pulling it up right now from you. We have, out of our 20 people, we currently have nine, which we've grown. I will say that we've got two new people. I'm going to read out all our Patreon members right now and go through them. Don't worry, I'm not reading any last names or anything out there. Uh, But I really appreciate these people. Who have come on and joined in the last couple of days? So we were looking for 11 more people, and you can give as little as a dollar. That's all you need to give to be a friend of the show and support us, because there is so much power in numbers. And if we add 100 people giving one dollar, that's a hundred dollars. So that's amazing. Our current patron members are Liam, Lake, Flair. Robert, Ravi, Matthew, Johnny, Ben, and Jason. Uh, All of those are amazing, guys. I hope you will take time to do it, especially if you enjoy the podcast. I have so much editing to do. It would make it so much easier to pay for the new microphone I've gotten and get our new software so we have better sounding shows. We don't have to rely on Skype and Zoom and any other thing that sometimes can go wonky. So that would be great. And, you know, it just helps us be able to do new things on the blog and also the podcast. So I look forward to it. Go to our Patreon site, which is patreon.com slash blog. If you have any questions, just reach out to me. Uh, best way is at info at com. Just shoot me an email. I'll answer any questions you have, any concerns, anything you want to know more about. And we appreciate it. So, all those guys I mentioned, thank you so much for being a part of the UNB family. And the rest of you, you're part of the family, but you can be even a better part of the family if you join. So, thank you very much. Without any further ado, here is Mr. Stevie. Tell us about the jock. Yeah. Well, so, like Tim said, we had this
1: idea to talk, you know, do some history of underwear because. If you think back, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, we were all wearing a little bit of a different form of undergarment, you can imagine. Uh, and so it's just interesting to see how men's underwear, which we all are here listening about, has evolved. And I feel like the ladies get all the attention. But uh, as I always say, you know, us boys can be interesting, too. So pick the jock shop to start with because it's probably the most clear history to follow There's a very mm-hmm. uh, obvious start and an evolution some of the other ones get a little bit more muddy so we'll we'll tackle those com- more complicated ones in the future but uh, the jock strap I think is something we all recognize we all can identify with whether you're a fan of wearing them or not but uh, I think it's all part of Amer- American male culture especially but you know gay culture and it's you know taken a lot of shape in the past few decades but it's been around for a little while so all right, Sam, I think we'll start, in, start from the beginning. What do you think?
0: Start from the get-go, and we will go from there. We'll have many things to share on this podcast.
1: Yeah, so it's interesting because I think uh, we assume jockeys came from a place of athletics, and I guess in some regard it did, but the real place that the shop came about was for bicycle jockeys, which is maybe not even a term you know about because you know, jockeys ride horses in our minds, and bikes are bikes. But back in the day, in the 1870s specifically, messengers were riding bicycles. And I'm talking like old school bicycles without rubber tires. Where these are like rough and, and probably brakes, yeah. <laughs> these were very rudimentary. Like if you look at a picture of an old bicycle, like these are not you know, mountain biking anyplace soon. And top it off, uh, this is specifically in areas where there are cobblestone streets, so this company, uh, Sharp and Smith, uh, in the 1870s, designed the first jockstrap for their bicycle riders in Boston, uh, which is good because I feel close to home on that one.
0: And should, um, go see if there's a, a historical plaque somewhere for it.
1: Sure. If not, we should go put one up. We should be on uh,
0: the first exactly. jockstrap. Gay,
1: gay history. I feel like uh, we need to get some recognition, right? So, yeah, so the, this guy, C.F. Bennett, this, uh, designed this, you know, sportswear product for these, these bicycle riders so that when they're bouncing around on those very uncomfortable bikes, they'd have some support and wouldn't, you know, crush the family jewels, which, you know, makes sense when you think about what they're used for even today. So
0: that just sounds very, very uncomfortable because I'm sure it's kind of like riding a horse now. Because if you hit just wrong, riding a horse, oh, dear God. But cobblestone on a bicycle and the boys just bouncing, oh, no. Because yeah. you know that seat wouldn't pad it. <laughs> the
1: seats, the, the wheels, the anything. There, there was, it was it was rough looking for sure. So but I think it's interesting because I feel like this is the first iteration of men's undergarments that was very package specific. And you know, I think previously there were these you know, what you think about a long johns today is very typical under layers that kept you from sweating through your clothes or the like, but the idea of like male support was, um, still pretty innovative. So it's interesting that bicycles are the,
0: the reason for that. Cause when you think of chocks and their uses and like you said, you think it would be sports or, you know, riding the range or doing something, not Bicycle messengers, but I guess it's the mother of creativity. When you have an issue, I guess the bicyclers were just kind of walking around, going, "Oh my god!" I just picture tons of bicycle messengers holding ice on their balls. That's what I'm picturing.
1: <laughs> well, wow, probably hard to get ice. I don't even know if they can do that, but uh yeah, super uncomfortable. But it's also because you know, I think a lot of us. You know, our version of a classic jockstrap probably has the name bike on it. It's one of the iconic brands. And if you never put the two together, there's uh, the history of bicycles and bike jockstraps. That's,
0: oh uh, see, was you're thinking that wasn't even. Yeah. Bam. There's <laughs> your Stevie.
1: I put those things together. Yeah, that's where it comes from. So, but, it, you know, so that was, you know, ages ago, right? 1870s. This is like, you know. Very niche, small things. But as the, I guess as the uh, word spread on how comfy these were and how helpful they were, I think the sports world was like, uh, this works. We need some uh, some support for the guys as they're running around. You know, we're not just uh, moving for for need. We're moving for fun. So I think over the, the early 1900s, sports like baseball and hockey and all these you know sports leagues were coming around and guys I guess were getting hurt or uncomfortable and they started wearing these these supportive underwear.
0: They were getting sprains in their near the regions and you know what a pain in the uh, you know what that is. If you've ever had one, you know it's not fun. So this this helps sprain growing areas immensely. So I'm sure it was very, very welcome at the time.
1: Yeah, and so it's interesting because, you know, back then I don't think the word jockstrap had even come around, right? So this is just a supporter, I think was the, the, the word they used, and then eventually became an athletic supporter, which I know that's the way I support athletics is by wearing these. <laughs> and then, you know, the, the, the history of why it became called a jockstrap is either torn between, you know, the term jock for a sports guy or more likely a jockey 'cause that's what the bicycle guys were called, jockeys. So it was kind of a jockey strap turned jock strap. Another thing for you, a little side note Tim, because I know you're a Tidy Whiteys fan, right? Is uh um, sort j- of time. sometimes <laughs> is a uh, jockey underwear brand, you know, another another root in this need for support. So full circle.
0: Yes. And then also that uh it's called a jock strap, but it wasn't until uh, I'm looking at the jockstrap. Central Fler- Flairco, co F L A R I C O. Called theirs F110 Jockstrap. So that was the first time anybody used the name Jockstrap. I'm not sure what year that was, but you know, because it was called like you said, the jockey strap. But you know, you got to shorten things up. People got to buy <laughs> things. Got to make it sound good.
1: Yeah. Well, then I think you said you found out that in the 20s, right? There's That's when I really got a little more athletic and oh, specific.
0: Yep. If you like cups out there, I know there's a whole group of guys who love cups and love that whole thing. Because you can get them for, you know, football, baseball, hockey, all sorts of sports. The I can't say it because, you know, it's G E. G-U-E-L-P-H, Elastic Hosiery Company, Galoo, uh, got the patent for the first cup in 1927. So you got to protect all your boys, you know, because you don't want to get hit with the baseball in that area because it can cause some serious damage. Hockey, another stick may go places, or you may get in a fight. You know, things happen, and you want to protect the boys so you can— some people want to have children, more power to you. And other people just don't want to get hit <laughs> in family jewels, which I am in that later when I don't when I played softball, I wore a cup because I was catcher um, uh, sometimes and I'm like I'm wearing a cup. Thank you just because.
1: Yeah, well, actually, you know, it's interesting looking back at the tw- in the 20s version, this is pre-plastic, so the first cups were made of steel. So can you imagine having like a steel I don't know. Cod piece well, <laughs> cup in your in your crotch someone's like a, a pretty serious. It, oh,
0: who is it? It's one of the it's like not taekwondo. It's one of the martial arts where their cups are still metal. Yeah. They're still made out of metal. So it's kind of kind of full circle there. If you get a cup cuz you don't want to get hit there either.
1: And that no, would really cause damage. Walking around with that piece of metal in your between your legs could also I don't know. I'm sure it's it was a interesting combination so eventually the plastic came around i think it's uh, what i found with soccer was really interestingly enough the soccer was leading the the need for more flexible cup protection so
0: that's interesting. interesting i would not have thought soccer
1: yeah but i mean it's you know we all know the sports baseball hockey football fencing lacrosse or the were very popular back then and um yeah we gotta get those those boys uh protected you know us, us men are very delicate <laughs> creatures um, well especially when we get hit there you know yeah so yeah so you know this was uh, the athletic era and um, you know I, I found this really interesting ad of from bike from the bike brand which is the same patent by the way which I know is now about back in use but from 1874 the inventor kept the same same patent and opened the bike brand and um, it was't in a business up until the late twenty, i think 2017 and then came back with a, a new a new company but the original jock strap was still the one being made for all that time um yeah crazy but i was going this fun ad. to add things from the 50s it's you know, it looks very 50s and um i guess they called it the, you know that different <laughs> very fancy naming there's the bikes bike strap number five or 55 i guess with different styles and these quote-unquote supporters um i show you how you know all the different features of it, and <laughs> these, these illustrations of you know how to how to wear them, and the miracle of elastic yarn, and um, the sizing is not a problem because it's just got some stretch to it. So this is you know '50s era uh, advertising for for that perfect bike uh, bike jockstrap fit. Uh, it's pretty funny.
0: It's well, the design is still the same, but it's kind of changed over the years. I had someone email me just a week or two, about a month ago, about how they've changed the designs over the years, which is interesting to see from the old ones to the current ones, because now we ha- can use modern fabrics and stuff. And before it was like, okay, because this one is just, yeah, the ad is interesting. What does it say no sizing? No sizing. Both from...
1: Repeated laundering. Basically, it's got that built-in, you know, pre-wined stretch to it. And uh, it says uh, elastic for your strength, pre-shrunk. Oh, yeah, all these, you know, advertising moments, which is good. The miracle
0: yarn that makes it.
1: That makes it fit, yeah. It's, um, no, it's pretty cool. And then, so that's what, you know, 50s, I'm pretty sure. We've probably got him pretty classic Americana jock athletic wear. But, you know, us gays, we're a thirsty bunch. And I'm sure, you know, the the idea of men showing off their package was still on um, the new, you know, pretty novel, I'm sure. So somehow the gays got ingrained in this in this concept of uh, masculinity and started, you know, a little bit of a subculture to the jockstrap, which has grown a lot since then.
0: Yes, it has. So it's, much. Yeah. So,
1: you know, a lot of like these, uh, you know, older... Physique magazines or muscle magazines have either photos or drawings. And we all know Tom of Finland, a Finland era, kind of fetishized male form. Josh Shapley uh, that, that, that really
0: came into that. Uh, interesting enough about these, was it physique pictorials? I just read a book this past January. It's a long ass book. I highly recommend it if you want some gay history, pulling it up right now because it's. I already read it and oh, I know where it is. It's in my digital book. So hold on, people. I forgot about it. The Secret City or Secret City. Uh, what's the name of it? Oh, the Hidden History of Gay Washington, which is very interesting. So if you want some really behind the scenes, and the reason these magazines came out and used the jock strap and posing straps was and had the, you know, exercise fitness. Slant so it wouldn't be considered Pornography right you wouldn't get arrested Yeah that's very interesting Which kind of came back around In the 90s and 2000s With other workout magazines that You know we all know those magazines I <laughs> oh, yeah. um, But yeah that's I think that Had a big thing to do with why The jock took off so much because You got to see all these Muscular men in the Jocks working out And you know it was something to expire to. Yeah.
1: And I think that definitely kind of latched itself to gay, you know, that gay culture as it was building. But also, I mean, it still stayed in the, I think, the overall male concept of, of youth and athleticism. And, you know, I think up until then, the jock shop was pretty much that wide band classic jock shop that we know. But after the 50s, I think, you know, when, when it's swimming swims jocks came into place around there? Yes. And, that's the kind swimmers. of swimmers. Yeah. That, then they had the, the thin strap concept came out and kind of just streamlined the function
0: of it. But I'm sure also the, the, the aesthetic of it. Um, yes. Cause I can speak on, cause from when I grew up, it was always the wide jock, the number 10 typical jock, That's what you wore. And then the swimmer came out and it was like, well, what do you do with this? And it was made to wear under speedos when you swam, which, I don't know anyone who did <laughs> because if you've worn a real speedo, that is not moving. They are super tight for that reason.
1: Yeah. But I'm wondering with the original ones, like just not lined. Maybe. Is that
0: why they needed? to, I the, think uh, the original ones were probably nylon. So they didn't have the support. Yeah. Uh, before spandex. And because, not lining and, and comfort. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you had like, if you're familiar with like the nylon training suits and stuff, They don't have much give, and they're usually a little bit bigger. And so there, you would wear it probably under that. But now with modern Speedos and spandex, nothing's moving in a a Speedo brand Speedo. Nothing, trust me. I have had plenty of them in the day, and nope, not happening. And then I know in the 90s, I think Basket was the first to come out with a pink jock. It was I want to say 94 yeah. and that did gangbusters. And, you know, you had like men on the wall street wearing their power suits with the pink shock. <laughs> under it, which, yeah, well, that's, that's probably
1: the dawn of the, the fashion jack. But I was just looking up here about the, the swim jock is it's also was used under like board shorts, I guess for surfers and, you know, before they had the lining and bathing suits that are all either.
0: Uh, that would.
1: Yeah. I think um, that's, you know, this, it was, They've had the, you know, they use the, this fast drying knitwear underneath those types of swimsuits as well. So good research. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's interesting to think about it and actually kind of sexy and think about those hot surfer buoys with tight little shirts on and a jock strap underneath, um, but, but getting distracted.
0: Oh, you're talking about those old surfer shorts, the really tight. Oh, uh, those fifties ones, you know, back in the day. Okay. I was thinking nasty board shorts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm thinking about the, the cute ones from the fifties and sixties that were skimpy and, and sexy.
0: Okay, yeah, that would that would be a good look. I would I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thumbs up.
1: Yeah. So but yeah, you you were saying about the kind of the dawn of the fashion jack, which I think is a more of what we're all familiar with today, is kind of mm-hmm. the, the modern jack strap, right? So companies started uh reinventing what men's underwear looked like as a whole and leaned into this kind of historic but practical uh, shape right, and uh, made them for like actually everyday wear.
0: Which in two thousand nine is when I think the jock, the fashion jock, took off. When you don't think before, before not, like I, I, I was probably before. I think I had to be before that. I mean, well, it was before that. But the year it really took off, the year it just blew out of the water, was two thousand nine because people were making stuff before that. But in two thousand nine, it was kind of like the thong when like everyone had to have a jock. And everyone had to have different things, so it came to a frenzy in two thousand nine because there were other people doing things before that. But you know, people who never had jocks came out with them, and I was like, "What? You have a jock?" That I named it Year of the Jock that year, just because so many people came out with jocks that year. But yeah, yeah it it started to grow in the let's say two thousand or nineties, and then to the two thousands, it definitely. And then it just exploded because you have jocks that are, you know, like the original jock, but made out of different things. Because I know in the 90s, I had a, love this jock. It was a Calvin Klein jock. It had a wide waistband, cotton spandex pouch, and wide waist strap. So it was just like the original, but they attached it so that the strap was one piece of elastic Going, that was went from the side to the pouch and back up and they sewed it on and it ripped off so i had this strap in the back and the pouch and that was it because i wore it so much yeah love that job love that jock.
1: yeah i mean i think it's probably you know definitely probably when it got crazy but just, uh, i think of the 90s with the with the muscle era and all that kind of you know hyper masculine but skimpy <laughs> skimpy underwear era um that i think the jack strap and colors and Different fits were starting to kind of show, and I think that's when men really I guess, realized uh, the push-up bra effect of a jock strap, more so than the, than just the support and comfort. You know, I think it was the the bulge, the bulging bulge was was was, was then created.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then you had jocks designed specifically for the pouch and the bulge, where because I think the original, well, I know the original, kind of like held you in place, didn't really like show off anything and now oh, you have like end to end did the enhanced pouch where it's bam front and center you know and then Andrew Christian put his almost naked in it and who else who else had like uh somebody else did one too drawn a blank drawn a blank but more and more are accentuating the the goods over you know it's sports function it's it's more of a I want to look good in this. And then you have the whole fetish side where it is designed for, you know, fun times because the back is completely open.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously that's where we are right now. I mean, we have, you know, the the gay iconic, you know, strap nights and all that kind of, uh, I think it's just ingrained in our, in our options of underwear now. But, you know, I think back, in, you know, even still in the, in the eighties and nineties, when um, we had to kind of hide behind that male form and athleticism to, be able to see that kind of stuff. You know, I think stuff like um pro wrestling and you know muscle competitions really let the colors and the shapes and the designs maybe more costumey, but you know, I think they got kind of that that opportunity to to show off and, and really accentuate male form and create a new kind of genre of underwear that was then built on in the two thousands and now really dive into the fashion side.
0: Well, one thing to talk about too is buying jock straps because back in the day, up until probably the nineties, you had to go to a sporting goods store to buy one. They weren't at all stores or you couldn't just go, Hey, I'm going to pick up a jock strap. Yeah. They actually go somewhere like the bike ones were there, the McDavids, and uh, there's another brand that's not around anymore that I can't think of off the top of my head. And then the big thing I remember in the 90s was they had a black one. And it was like, oh, it's black. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And then they came out with, like, the red, the yellow, and the blue. All oh, the classic, yeah. colors. So you had colors, and it was like, oh, my God. Shop comes in colors. Because I had the original number 10 jock, and I gave it to someone thinking, oh, I'll go buy a new one. And then they changed the design, and I couldn't get anymore. And I'm just like, oh. I wouldn't have given that away if I didn't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, just looking here, it sounds like um, you know
1: Calvin Klein always kind of been a, a pusher of the male underwear game envelope. And I think they came out with uh, one of their first fashion jocks in the in the '90s, and then cn 2 was, a big, was yeah. a big jock. They came out with their their jock was called the Wonder Jock, so really leading into that kind of male push-up bra idea. <laughs> um, you know, given that the the pouches, like you said, with the big lift. So, well, yeah, the options are now like endless. Right, <laughs> I feel like if you put in jockstrap, you you find
0: well, two now they totally reconfigured and you know reinvented the jock. It's not the word I'm looking for. It's like a new take on the jock. So you have like where it's the pouch and there's no waistband, but it has the leg straps. You have all sorts of new different designs of jocks that you gave designers free reign to you know it's got the leg strap the backs open in a pouch and everything else is fair game the jock strap doesn't look like the jock strap sometimes yeah and i think you know there's
1: obviously with so many different iterations right if you just think of a jock strap as kind of a an exposed backside on, on male underwear like there's now trunks that don't have a back and you kind of jock mm-hmm. shape or even uh, singlets you know how it's gotten very fetishized and interesting which i Myself have a couple, but yeah, down, down to like okay. strapiest of straps possible, right? It's gotten skimpy to complicated <laughs> and everything in
0: between. Exactly, and I wouldn't know anything about singlets. Not a thing. Not a no thing. nothing at all. I'm not the expert on all singlet things. Yeah, mm. not yeah. since I went through them the this past week, and I have like thirty something of them. Oops. Yeah. I think he's an expert. I keep ordering more, and I don't
1: have a problem. Leave me alone. Um, yeah, right. I understand. I, I do have a problem. I know.
0: <laughs> but it's also, you can look at sports and the jog, because it's changed over the years, because if you look at football, they've gone from jocks to compression gear, baseball, pretty much the same thing, because now you have the jocks, the the compression gear that has cup support in it and the sliding girl so you don't get bruised. And you look at wrestling, some of them still wear a jock under the singlet, but they'll wear anything under a singlet. And I'm just like, no boxer briefs. Ugh, yeah. Hockey still wears jocks, and they had the one of my favorite cups of all time, the Jaffa cup, which they no longer make, which I don't understand, which is a cup built into a jock.
1: It's yeah, wonderful. we also have padded ones for hockey and and um, boxing. Right, there are different types of padded.
0: And there's special, there's special ones for cricket. I saw online the other day. There's special ones for I believe for lacrosse. So it's interesting yeah. to see how you know some yeah things have changed. Some get better. Some and sports don't wear them because we. Uh, if you listen to the White Brief Show. Oh no, we didn't say it on the labor show. We said it in the after show. Never mind. We had an interesting discussion afterwards. Sorry. It didn't get recorded. You'll just have to wait, but it's going to be a new show coming up soon. So don't worry that rugby players aren't wearing jocks anymore. Cause you remember when they used to pull down their shorts and you see their ass which and a jock and now it's budgie smuggler. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I do think like, you know, cause my growing up, I think the jock shop
1: was not something I saw in the locker room. Unfortunately, um, I think it was very only specialized sports that would really, like you said, um, I think as gay culture became more mainstream and it was, we were, we were less hiding behind the male fitness and started being more openly, <laughs> openly, um, excited about our underwear and, and who's wearing it. I think the popularity amongst the larger male population of jockstraps dwindled. And I think, you know, that's when the, the silly boxer boxer brief eras took over and compression and all that kind of stuff. But I I think, you know, I don't know where, where the ratio of straight men to gay men wearing jocks on a regular basis is. Um, it's probably not even the most, you know, that popular as a whole
0: as a regular form of underwear, but there are some that wear it. There are more guys sort of going back to jocks in general to the locker room. It's not a big number, But there are guys going back to it, both straight and gay, and wearing them. I know they're still, like, one of my favorite jocks of all time was the Under Armour jock, because it was spandex, and you could put a cup in it. So when I wore it with, you know, playing softball, it kept everything in place. It felt good. So I think what we need for the jocks going forward is to use all our new fabrics and technology and put them in a jock and have boys. Because I think that's one reason jocks didn't last in sports, because a lot of them found them uncomfortable because of the waistband, because of, you know, the pouch. Back in the day, the it was nylon, I think. The pouch wasn't very forgiving. And now you can make it super comfortable, super breathable. That was another issue. So you're not hot, sweaty, you're you're good. So I think... Hopefully we'll see that going forward. I'm just so mad Under Armour ended their draw. Bastard.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I also think it's interesting. You know, the draw came out of necessity and more of a you know utilitarian thing, uh, need, right? But the fact that you know now we have underwear, obviously that's a very similar shape in the front, but uh, you know, have briefs in the back and keep it more uh, covered up. But yet the idea of an exposed backside on men, I think it's pretty unusual, but. Still survives is pretty awesome. It's you know very niche and maybe not so much a need anymore or function anymore, but it still looks good. And I think you know guys who realize that it can create a good shape and be attractive and comfortable. um You know, there's the the push up part in the front, but don't forget those straps can sometimes really give a good boost
0: in the backside too.
1: Give a boost.
0: <laughs> but interesting, you brought up something really interesting there that I remember now. In the '90s, I had this pair that were it had the wide waistband it was by champion i still have it somewhere i have to find it it's probably over in storage where it had the wide waistband like the jock it had the pouch like the jock but the back was more of a brief it was a fuller cut brief like where the straps would go they made it like a brief and i thought it was just the hottest thing back in the day and i know they haven't made them but i figured they made those for the guys who didn't want to have the open back because some guys figure, oh, I can't wear that. Oh, no. But it was super fun. It was made out of spandex cotton and breathable. But I remember that now. You brought it back. You brought it back to my memory. And I know I didn't get rid of it. But well, yeah, they, they experimented. That. <laughs> What's that?
1: I think I have a you know, knockoff version of that that I found. It's got that same kind of aesthetic with that you know, interesting kind of jock brief.
0: Coming. Yeah, it was it was very interesting. I saw it at a sporting goods store and I bought it because I would go into them every so often. Because, you know, back in the day, the bike shops, the bike jocks were cheap. They were like six bucks, five bucks, six bucks back in the 90s. And you could get them and you just go in and get like three and four of them at the time and not really worry about it. And now jocks are anything but cheap because the original jocks are like 20 something. If not almost thirty, so you can't really go pick up like hey, I'm going to pick up like four jocks now, yeah, because there were more function than fashion, and now that it's fashion, you can always get more money out of fashion.
1: Exactly, and um, you know, it's, it's niche is not as much of a need as more of a desire, right? So, I, all, all I thing, all comes down to is I'm glad we have these options now, and we've come a long way, and it's I think you know some of us who are have some rooted. Yeah, iconography with jock jockstraps have been and kind of the, the ideal male physique and all that kind of stuff. For mm-hmm. <laughs> good or bad, it's, it's seeped into our, our brains and kind of made us link to it. I mean, I'm not sure the future of a jockstrap. I'm curious if it's going to have that same kind of nostalgia for, the, you know, younger mm-hmm. younger generations or if it'll just be a, a thing that, you know, that they have, an option they can wear.
0: I don't think they're going to go away because if they didn't go away in the 80s and 90s, i don't think they're gonna go i think they're always going to be a place for them i think so many guys love them especially gay guys that it's going to always be around and it's a new choice it's another choice for them to make as opposed to you know not every guy's a thong guy so some will steer to the jock because they want something similar and choices and the new fabrics and the designs will bring guys back. That's yep. what I think. I, I think in like
1: gay culture, especially, it's such an ingrained part of, you know, we don't have thong night, unfortunately, which, hello, oh, anybody wants to do a thong night, I'll be there. <laughs> but, you know, there's always, there's always most, you know, a lot of gay bars offer a jockstrap night or refer to they, jockstrap as kind of a, the, you know, general term for kinky or gear or
0: uh, fetish wear. Well, it fits right in with it. But th- Funny side note, a lot of the straight guys that I've talked to over the years, their wives and girlfriends are okay with a thong, but they don't like jocks. With a butthole exposed to gay? (laughs) I don't know the reason behind it. I don't know if it's the whole sports thing. I don't know, but I've had more than one over the years tell me that they don't like.
1: I'm surprised. I feel like it could be the other way around. I mean, I thongs have way more stigma and, you know, they're not as well masculinized as a jockstrap because you know ladies have thongs but there's no you know lady jockstraps at all like it's really the one thing that we have for ourselves that's you know still very male in, in its origin
0: yep i don't understand it but you know there's a lot of things in life i don't understand <laughs> i'm
1: that's, just telling you although here's a fun fun full circle moment for you cause I'm tonight i'm going out to uh to boston and we have our underbear. It's an underwear party. You know me. That's why I usually end up on the weekends. And um, in Boston, we're not allowed to wear jock straps in public. We can't have our butts out. And yep. So despite the fact that the jock was invented in Boston,
0: I'm not allowed to wear it in Boston. Go figure. It's got to be street legal. You got to have the strap a certain width in the back. Yep. It's So uh, go figure. I
1: can't be Boston proud with my Boston underwear. I got to go brief it up, which really stinks.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of places. Especially here you can't wear a jock either because when I played on the softball league, it was they couldn't wear a jock on stage in the uh like they did a show every year for that reason alone. So it's like eh.
1: yeah, not fair. Not fair mm-hmm. at
0: all. But. especially in the town of the jog, which I know, it was right? like
1: to make a petition so we can get a plaque and uh legal public jock strap wear like it's uh how am I going to ride my bicycle without my my
0: my jock strap exactly get on <laughs> it boston come on get on it so well, nice well this is our history of the jock and some of our interesting side notes that we'll throw in when we do these uh, i think we could do an entire show on the jock and the leather community because yeah. that's a whole whole different thing so and masculinity and just go through a Thomas finland book and get excited and we'll talk <laughs> well Thomas finland and leather and oh, there's so much to talk about the job there's just so much and these this was a good i think we're gonna do i think it would be a good idea to do like overviews of everything and then do deeper dives into specific subjects uh i think that would be good just give everybody the lay of the land and then we could Dive deeper if it's not your thing, because uh, we could do a whole whole show on cups and a whole show on jocks yeah. and leather fetish community, the whole fashion part of it. You know, we could dive deep in bikinis and swimwear and you know swim thongs and
1: you know you know thongs going to be my my next uh, excited topic for history. So, hope you guys are looking for that one because
0: I'm excited for it. So yeah, go. Listen to all these, we'll have fun with these, because I've always wanted to do a one-on-one series, and the new, if you've seen it on the blog or my Twitter, I think I need to put it on Instagram too, the new icons I did this past month with the bulges, because I just got, you know, inspired to make new icons, because the other ones I'm like, oh, these are too flat, these are too bleh. And I was bored and came up with the entire thing. And, you know, you have breakthroughs with programming because, you know, I'm used to drawing in 2D. And then with Procreate, it's 3D and I can do things that I couldn't do before. And it just blows my mind. I'm like, oh, my God, this changes everything. I don't have to. do. Oh, my God. So I've done some really cool stuff lately. And I doubt anybody has seen them because I haven't released a lot of stuff. And it's boring because it's not underrelated to either. So people may not like it. But I came out with the new things in the jocks. And, you know, it's fun to do and fun to then translate that into logos. And I want to do a one-on-one where I tell every type of uh, style of underwear. What are the styles of underwear? So that's going to be a post which I need to write. And I have had no, no. What's the word I'm looking for? inspiration to write it so i haven't done it i have like all the the icons done but i don't have anything done with the topic itself yet so stay tuned yeah so awesome so yeah thank you mr stevie this is a great idea um mr stevie will be back more he he has been the traveling man this past year because every time i turn around he's somewhere new in a speedo Swim brief, swim thong. Yeah, that's me. Living it up. Uh, some yeah, tropical locale.
1: Gotta escape it once in a while. What can I say? <laughs>
0: Traveling the world, living his fabulous life.
1: That, that bear, bear crowd lifestyle. I'm not gonna be seen and, and see all the boys.
0: I'm not seen anywhere lately, so <laughs> too bored for that. So, But we hopefully won't change that this year. So we'll have more for you next. There'll be a thong. We'll come up with a date and do that one and tell everyone where they can find you, Mr. Stevie. If they don't know already, if you don't know already. That's a big
1: shame. Cause I am the undies cub. So if I'm on Instagram at the undies cub on Twitter at undies cub, I'm sure lots of other places that you can find via those to you. Um, so yeah, come check me out.
0: Go follow him. You will not be disappointed.
1: Not- Last night, some guy came up to me and goes, are you the guy with the fancy eyes and the and the underwear pics? I was like, yes, that is me right there. Defied oh, it.
0: <laughs> someone's getting recognized in public. Yeah. And it's not the first, and it won't be the last. Yeah, that's true. Because, you know, it's Stevie. He's a star. He's an internet celebrity. Yay. Yeah. And find me at UNB Tim on all the socials, so... Give us feedback. Let us know what you want to hear, any deep dives, any history you want to talk about, hear us talk about, whatever. Let us know. We love feedback. Let me or Stevie know. Yay. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Have a great week, and we will have a new podcast for you very soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to our show. If you like what you hear, consider supporting us at Patreon at patreon.com slash UNB blog. Follow us on social media. You can follow the blog at UNB blog on Twitter and Instagram. Read the blog at unbblog.com. Also follow me if you like art or anything else fun and underwear at UNB Tim on Instagram and also Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll have more podcasts at you very soon. Bye.